Welcome to the podcast of William Patterson University's chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists, or WPSPJ, where voices from the news industry guide us and inspire our future. On this podcast, we'll spotlight the activities of the nationally recognized Society of Professional Journalists chapter at William Patterson University in Wayne, New Jersey. We are the reporters of today and tomorrow committed to SPJ's mission of diversity and democracy and inspiring successive generations of talented individuals to become dedicated journalists. I am Rochelle Estrada, the Vice President for WPSPJ, and you are tuning in to a brand new episode of the WPSPJ podcast. I am here today with a voice you've not heard on our podcast before. I present to you WPSPJ member and William Patterson University Jr., Mia Alfred. Woo! How you doing, Mia? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This is my first show. First show. Hey, welcome to the debut. Welcome to the club. Thank you. It's always super, super exciting every single time to be able to have a new guest. And since you are a new guest for this episode, I always have to ask all of the new voices in our podcast Let's hear more about you. Let's hear more about who Mia Alfred is. Tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Mia. I am a double major, majoring in criminology and criminal justice, as well as public relations. Nice. Um, I got into journalism during the pandemic. Um, Recently, during all the Black Lives Matter protests, I've been watching CNN, been keeping up with the coverage. So that really inspired me especially with my criminology and criminal justice major to try to advocate and be a voice for my people. That's really, really inspiring. I've had a few people that have come into this podcast and they always talk about how their goal is, I want to be the voice for my group of people, for my ethnicity. So you have the potential to be able to be that voice and be that representative. You chose a very significant event, too, to be able to get into journalism. It's a very, very crucial time during the pandemic. So I do want to ask you, where do you find yourself? Where do you want to end up in the profession? In the profession, um, my goal is to one day maybe work at CNN. Um, I want to be a reporter, maybe a field reporter. That's what I've been thinking about. All right. All right. That's not bad. That's That's really, really good. You're in the right path, for sure. You're definitely in a very, very interesting major. And you're also in a good communications field to be able to build in your skills. And I believe in you. I believe in everybody that comes here and has goals. So it's an exciting time. Thank you for sharing that and for giving us that description about yourself. And as you know, Mia, WPSPJ has been hosting a discussion series since the chapter launched in 2017. We call this the Reality Check Series because... Reporters from major news organizations tell us all, as inspiring journalists, what to expect in the professional space so we don't go into it blindly. You know, it's it's appreciated. So we have had reporters who cover sports, criminal justice, and entertainment news come to our campus in person and remotely. And they would come from news outlets such as CBS, ESPN, Newsday, and the New York Times. Now, our campus chapter has branched out recently in featuring journalists who specialize in social media management and editing for news organizations. And many of us use social media on a daily basis to, you know, scroll and see posts from our friends and family, whether that's on Instagram or on Twitter or Snapchat, you know, all of the outlets that exist. And social media has also redefined the work of reporters in the industry. So how do you feel about the rise of social media in the news? 
I feel as though social media is a great business tool um, to use in the news world, in the age of cell phones, with everybody, you know, scrolling daily. I feel like it's much easier to not only access news, but um, a way to keep up on current events. I believe social media caters to a variety of consumers and addresses diverse markets, so it's easier to get information out there. And honestly, between school and work, I don't really have time to sit down and watch the news. So I think it's a very convenient tool. Yeah, social media, it goes with you wherever you go. You know, you can't really separate yourself too much from it once you have a cell phone. And it's just convenient. It's in the palm of your hands and you're able to go on any platform. And if you follow a news organization, you could already just see your news right there. It's kind of given to you at your disposal. So it does. It makes social media a very, very convenient tool overall. And in this episode... WPSPJ received career advice from Jason Silverstein, a social strategy editor for the New York Times. Silverstein has been a social media producer and manager for CBS News, as well as a national politics and breaking news reporter for the New York Daily News. Now, Mia, when we hear about journalists using social media, we tend to think about the snazzy graphics and finding the right hashtags. That's all part of promoting our stories, of course. But... Silverstein said the traditional shoe leather reporting must remain the foundation of everything we do on social media. I think the single most important point that I can make is if we're talking about reporting with social media, the reporting part comes first. You have to actually have a grounding as a journalist. And so everything that you can do to just get like real old-fashioned journalism reporting experience. That's the stuff that's actually going to matter. And that's that will stick with you through your entire career, no matter where the social media and the digital aspects of it go. You know, Mia, when I heard Silverstein say that reporting comes first on social media and that those reporting skills will benefit us throughout our careers, I felt reassured knowing that the basics of reporting, they kind of remain the same, no matter what platform you use, because... When you take Calm 2500, we take that class in William Patterson for journalism, and they teach you the skills such as the inverted pyramid. They go into the journalism ethics of what to write, how to write about certain topics in what manner, the Associated Press style. You learn all of those basics in William Patterson. And sometimes you could see social media and think, what, what happens with what we've already learned? Because that's that's been taught since newspapers mm-hmm. were out. That's always kind of continued through with any news outlet news medium it's always kind of been something that has started and stemmed from the past so you can't help but think you know like where is it gonna go or do i have to relearn everything over and over again i can imagine that's nerve-wracking it is definitely i think silverstein hit the nail on the head with this quote before reporting with social media it is very important to remember the fundamentals of journalism and i think social media is to uh enhance journalism and not replace it so journalists can produce news stories that social media is able to spread and vice versa and also with social media journalists can even get in contact with sources directly it's more easier that way right yeah no that's very true i like how you put that that it's like social media is meant to enhance the field but not replace it and that's very true because there's a difference between posting on social media just to post but then using social media as a tool, as a reporter. Um, One of the things that Jason Silverstein had said in his Zoom interview was that he was talking about how you could tell 
like when you look at a social media post like who has the experience of a reporter and who doesn't because you could talk about the same kind of event that's happening like if you see something happen in an ocean where a boat decides to sink no reference to the Titanic. But, you know, you see a boat starting to sink and you're there in the scene and you have your iPhone and you may take a picture as a witness. You take a picture and say like, oh my God, the boat is sinking and I'm just on my way home from my car right now. Oh my God, this happened. Wow. And it's useful because news reporters will use that for the news, you know, especially when they broadcast it. But that's not how a journalist would kind of write it, especially if like the person may not have like the boat company say, oh, let that boat sink. <laughs> You know, like you would have a journalist write about what's happening in that format of writing as if it were for the paper, you know, like you may say like this boat from this company sank at this location at this time. You give the who, what, when, warehouse, the five W's. So there's a difference already. And you could tell that from any kind of news. I'm just saying an example of a boat, but you could decide that anywhere, any kind of news story, you could be in the scene, but there's a difference between how you write for social media and it's kind of important to be able to know certain skills on social media to promote your work because that could make you stand out in ways that other people may not know. We're in a generation where people now that are younger have more experience on social media. It's easier for us to know than people who are older and from a different generation. They'll try, but there'll always be those people that struggle. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, I try, but it's too hard. Even like my family members, like, how do you text? Right. You, you know, you have, you have those family members that ask like, how, how do you text? <laughs> or how do you order a thing online when I could just go to the location myself right. and open it? You know, there's people that struggle. And that includes journalists that are have been in the profession for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. They may struggle in being like, how, can, how do I use this iPhone to record news? Mm -hmm. How do I use iMovie to edit? Or how do I use this website to publish news when I'm used to kind of writing it on a typewriter, for example? <laughs> so, you know, we have that advantage of being able to already keep up with the technology. Mm -hmm. But there's tools that have also come out on social media that it can help you in being able to create content for your audience. And that could include um, software such as Canva which, you know, that's a visual graphics that you can use to create content for social media. I don't know if you've used Canva before. Yes. Yeah, Canva. I really like Canva. I know. It's so creative. All the templates, they look amazing. I know. I use Canva to be able to do the social media posts for our chapter. And our mm -hmm. publicity chair also uses Canva. So it's very, very convenient. Um, you can make it any aesthetic style that you want. And they have also another app such as like Headliner. And Headliner is used to be able to create, Um, they're called like audiograms. And those are, they're like little sound bites. You can make little content off of it, like for a podcast. If we wanted to take a clip of our episode, just create a little audiogram. Wow. It's like little sound bites. <laughs> it's so cute. I know. And I've seen that for other podcasts too. They create little audiograms. But they're all tools that you can use as well as Google reverse image searches because you want to make sure your information is valid. You don't want misinformation. So, you know, there's tools at your disposal. They'll advertise that to you. But the difference is, do you know how to use them? Because you can have all the equipment in the world, you can have a big mm -hmm. box of video <laughs> equipment to use to report news, but it's not gonna mean much if you don't know how to use it. Exactly. Then, then you just have the equipment and you're just carrying it around. It's like, then what, you know? <laughs> right. So it's good to be able to know how to use that kind of information. You kind of already have like a step up that when you go into any job and they kind of have a preference to people that know how to use these softwares, 
you kind of can say, I do know, you know, I did this in college or I did this in an internship or I did this for a class. So that's us right now as college students. But there's other people that may just do that for their free time. Kudos to them. Kudos. (laughs) Go on LinkedIn learning and be like, I'm going to learn how to use this software. I have. I used it one time for a software. Really? Yeah, I I decided to do like a video editing learning tutorial for it. So it shows on my LinkedIn profile. I have a certification. So it's, it's very, very, very convenient to be able to have those tools, you know, and it does. It helps to be able to create content that's, easy to see it's more quick paced it's visually appealing like you said the canvas is very creative for creating things that just catch you by the eyes you know or seeing all the different colors they do or audiograms just take one little clip make people want more after they hear it you know you have tools and it allows you to keep continuing to keep up with the rhythm of how the media is but there could be challenges um even us we can struggle because i can't say i'm experienced in everything I kind of will have my moments to struggle just like everybody else. Like, I'm sure there's softwares you don't know how to use fully. Definitely. I'm not really good at the Adobe, the Photoshop, and the video yeah. editing. I tried to take video production. I was just struggling in that class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took the class. It wasn't bad. But again, it's, <laughs> it's like, but everybody's going to have their own individual experience in the same class. Mm-hmm. Because I may have done fine in the class. I liked it. It was fun. But for you, it may have been like, I didn't like this class. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time with this class. I didn't have enough patience with Adobe. <laughs> or mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know how to make clips look good. Or the transitions would frustrate me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all skills that everybody kind of has different, they would say proficiency levels yes. with it. But even on social media, there's different challenges that could arise on any platform. Because the thing with social media is that you can have so many platforms but each of them are used differently. Mm-hmm. So you can't really learn one method and apply it to everything. It's not a one size fits all <laughs> kind of deal. Exactly. You could kind of, for example, go on Twitter and Twitter is known for their character limits, you know, where you can only put so much <laughs> and so little amount of words. And I had seen that for Twitter subscribers, they did increase the, the character limit. So they increased it from 280 to about 4,000 words. Oh, wow. And you could do a lot with that. I think so. Um, you could write a story. <laughs> yes. you, could, you could report on a new story for sure in about 4,000 characters. Words. But if you're not a subscriber, then, well, you still get 280. But, I mean, it's still something to be able to work with. I think it helps with learning editing skills. It's helpful, but that's hard for people. Yeah. Like, how can I write everything in this character limit? You it's know? so constraining. It's constraining. If you're if you're not a subscriber for Twitter or you're using Twitter Blue from outside of the country, you face this struggle of not having that 4,000 character limit. So mm-hmm. that's something, you know, besides the fact that the audience wants news now when they go on social media, they're like, I want the news now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to wait till the next morning for the, for the daily paper <laughs> to tell me the news that was from like over 16 hours ago. If I can now get it live from the event happening. They do live streams now of live events happening and people are able to give comments and everything. So that's how things are now. I could go on a live stream right now if I wanted to and look at a breaking news report or look at a press conference and give my feedback now and know everything right after the event's over as if I was there. So it's different, you know? It is. And I don't think that some of the old older generations they don't understand that like times are changing and I understand that it's hard to adapt but this is the way things are and it's kind of scary to think about it like we could watch events live as it's happening and 
in some cases it's like gruesome so it's just crazy like with technology and everything that we could see these type of things going on and it's so normalized nowadays too no it is it provides pressure though for journalists because you got to kind of match with the tempo of the audience so sometimes you kind of have to be like i gotta report on anything i can right now just to be able to have people see something and sometimes you are stuck on what to show for the people because like you said there could be content that's very gruesome but it's like normal now. But then you really got to think about it. It's like, but how would some people kind of take this if they see this kind of content? That goes into ethics for social media. It mm-hmm. kind of expands to not just, I'm not just making a video and putting it on a social media account. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There's more to it that goes into, you got to strategize with how you're going to post your content. You got to strategize with what content's appropriate and what time would be best to yes. post stuff because <laughs> you can't really be posting certain things when people are sleeping. You're not going to get the attention you need. Exactly. <laughs> Be like, I'm going to post this at like three in the morning <laughs> and see what kind of um, what kind of impressions I could get on Twitter from posting when everybody's like, I'm trying to sleep. Why am I going to op- open my eyes on Twitter? Go on Twitter at like three something in the morning to look at a post if one person did. You right. know, like there's different things that go into social media. Even with Instagram, it's much more visual oriented. Mm-hmm. So while Twitter is kind of a little bit more text oriented. So it's different. There's different kind of ways to go about posting the same kind of content on social media. But that's where the work comes in mm-hmm. that Jason Silverstein does and many other social media editors. So it's pretty incredible to see how much journalism has expanded. And there's definitely different tips that we can talk about, which going back to the interview, Silverstein shared some tips for journalists on social media. This is really neat. Again, it's a social media editor for the New York Times, the gold standard of journalism, giving us advice for our own Twitter and Instagram accounts. Let's listen. If you want to do well as a journalist on social media, then give people news, give them information that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. That is like literally the thing that you are there for. And no matter what's happening with platforms and algorithms and hashtags and whatever, nothing beats a scoop. Nothing beats an exclusive story. If you're the organization that has a good story that other people don't have, and you're the person breaking that news, you will get all the stuff that you want. You know, I liked what Jason Silverstein said. He really went into the fact that he's really kind of encouraging us to be able to give a story that people won't be able to find from like other sources. Because you can have these big news organizations, and many of them do cover the same kind of stories. You know, you could go on the New York Times, or you could go on the Associated Press or New York Post, and you could see this, like an article from like the same event. You can, and some of them go about it in a different way, but some news organizations honestly actually just copy straight from Associated Press. You know, they, they just expand the coverage of the same thing, which is interesting because in the midst of that, they still have a lot of people. <laughs> they have a lot of people that still read the content that they have in the midst of it being the same kind of content. Do you notice that kind of pattern being the case? I do, um, especially when you try to Google a specific news, uh, breaking news event, you kind of see some of the same articles pop up, which is kind of crazy if you really think about it, because I feel like news reporting, you should put like your own twist to it or say stating your own words in a way instead of just copying, pasting it. Uh, I feel like your work should be unique to you. So if you really have a passion, I feel like you should just 
right from the heart and not just copy paste yeah no for sure and i definitely feel like that's true that you do want to write from the heart you want to write original content and that's why you could write a story about anything that's happening within what's going on around you you could write about maybe an event that's happening on campus right now that maybe it's a big deal but it generates wide attention you know you could write something that's going on right now in william patterson for like a movement or an activist movement, you know, or for something that's for a group of people within a community, you could write about that. And there's not really gonna be many other sources, big names, especially they're gonna write about the same thing because they don't have access to that kind of content. You do, mm-hmm. you have that advantage. That's like, you could take a story and if it's really relevant to a big national cause, you can be like, let me add more, let me add to the story. Let mm-hmm. me expand the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you have that advantage of being able to do that. At the same time, though, you do want to be able to think, well, what would the audience want to read? Because you could write about something that's from the heart. That's true. You know, you could kind of like write about, I am passionate about the sun. I love sunny days. You know, I love the mood that it makes me feel. But the audience is going to be like, but what about the sun? <laughs> like, like, there's something happening in this city right now with the sun up but i care about what's happening on the earth not with the sun so you have to kind of think about what is kind of going to be relevant at the same time if you have something you're passionate about in terms of like what's going on in the world like you said you were inspired to be a journalist from the black lives matter activist movement that's certain interest in you and that's something that received wide wide coverage within the nation you know, but if you find something that's happening within your own community that you live in right now, that could be like a it could be like a local activist movement or an event that's happening within the community to support the black population. And you're passionate about that. You could write about that because nobody else is going to cover that. You will. You know, that's your story that you can keep and be able to say, I covered this and this impacted the community and they can always come back to my story and find it. So you know what I mean? You kind of have to like think of like there's stuff that's happening that not everybody's going to have access to, but you do. Mm-hmm. And you could be able to write it on platforms that are kind of at your disposal. Um, in William Patterson University, we have campus outlets such as The Beacon, Pioneer Times, Her Campus Magazine, and you can even write outside for local places like Tap Into. So, you know, they cover on a specific area, per se, different kinds of coverage, and you can be able to find a lot to work with what's going on in the community trust me there's a lot of people here there could be there's something happens you know like there wouldn't be coverage on broadcast tv if there was nothing going on in this city right so that's definitely something that's very interesting and i mean even on social media though you can see a lot of people still kind of give info that's still newsworthy because i can say for example um i was looking at like different things on twitter and they were talking about the chinese spy balloon and Mm -hmm. That's obviously an ongoing conversation. I was looking today and there's still more content about people recording the fact that they saw a Chinese spy balloon with their very own eyes from their phone. And they would see it in different places. Like for example, Puerto Rico. I was like, dang. And everybody's kind of like, some of them are saying like, where's the action for this? And other people are, giving their own commentary through memes mm-hmm. or gifts <laughs> and conspiracy <you> theories <laughs> conspiracy theories exactly you know like the conversation is going but it's the people that keep it going too exactly. and that's even the case with elections you know you can have news sources cover different things within the elections but there will be people that'll add on to the conversation even years after whether it's humorous 
maybe a little insulting <laughs> for any party yes. or anything. You know, the people keep the conversation going.、Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting factor about social media because even though it's a lot of work for the journalist, yes, it is,、mm-hmm. but you have the people now that, ha- that make a difference、yeah. in what you do. You know, we, we're going because the people keep the conversation going. We sometimes go to the people, our、mm-hmm. own audience, and be like, What's going on? What do you want us to write about? Exactly. You have to cater to the audience because the audience is, are the people that are going to either amplify your article or remain quiet about it and it won't gain any traction. So, definitely, you have to pander to the audience in some type of way. Definitely. That's a very key strategy, <laughs> which is knowing your audience, knowing how to go about speaking to your audience, and, well, writing fun things that are also relevant. But, like, I guess what I could say is think about what you could feel as a start is very important to you. What is something that you feel like will make start a conversation or it's important within the nation? See what kind of like coverage you could be able to get from a local area and then kind of do your part as a reporter and make the story be told and have it be heard. Because there could be a lot that happens in the earth, even if you're passionate about the sun. <laughs> you can report on the sun, <laughs> sure. But at the end of the day, there's always a story that's going to be told in the world around you. So definitely post it on social media with a tap of a finger. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the WPSPJ podcast. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram and Twitter at WPSPJ. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast on Apple. Until next time, we are SPJ.